Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. host Diana Jebbia. Remember, if you're not already following me on Instagram and TikTok, you can at Diana Jebbia, G-E-B-B-I-A. And also make sure you follow Believe Podcast Networks at Believe Podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V and Believe Pop Culture. Oh my God, this week's episode is so good. Let me tell you, I have relationship expert and CEO and founder of The Good Love Co., on my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Cherma. She is fantastic. As you'll find out, I've personally worked with her. And what I love about this episode is we kind of get to look at Bravo in a completely different light. So we're normally used to looking at it through the lens of just like, it's all drama, blah, blah, blah. But Stephanie really breaks down the trouble in some of these Bravo celebrities' relationships, why they act the way they do. And then we go into whose relationships are really going to make it out strong and who needs some work on their relationships, you might be surprised at the answers that she drops. And whether you're single as it gets like me or you're in a relationship, chances are you're going to learn something from this episode. And of course, we discuss all the fun Bravo stuff too. So why don't you grab a drink and make way for Stephanie Cherma? I'm so excited. Oh my God, babes. I'm so excited for this episode because we have like the most special guest ever on. Okay. So she is a relationship and love expert, CEO and founder of the Good Love Co and host of the So Good podcast. And she's really special to me because I've worked with her. She's helped me dig through some of my inner bullshit. Please raise your drinks and give a big warm Bravo Bessies welcome to Steph Cherma. Hello, darling. I'm so happy to be here and see your face. I can't I believe know. it. I'm excited. I know. Me too. And like, I just, your voice is so soothing to me. So like, this is just a huge treat to everyone who's listening. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Yes. So before we roll into the Bravo stuff, I do want to give my listeners some background on what it is that you do. Yeah. I mean, where do we even begin? <laughs> Long story short, I was a former dating disaster crazy drinker, partier, promiscuous, and it got me in trouble. And I spent 10 years really just trying to find love and getting hurt over and over. And I ended up realizing in like a spiritual way what I was doing wrong. And I made this like commitment that I would do whatever it took. I was ready. And I met my fiance 57 days later got this cosmic whirlwind of information that was like given to me. And then I started my business and that was in 2016. So the work I do with women mostly is 80% identity work. Who are you? What do you value? What are your standards? Because most of us spend our time trying to attract someone else, trying to get someone else instead of flipping it, where it's what if you were the lighthouse and the work was to be strong in that and let your person, the boat, find you and come into you. So it's pretty revolutionary. You know this. I don't do games. I don't do bullshit. I don't do manipulations. Yeah. 
but you are just different as a woman and that changes how you interact with people. So I love it. hundred percent. Yeah. She's definitely, Steph has definitely changed my life for everyone who's listening. Um, I just feel like even though I haven't found my one yet, I am a completely different dater and mm-hmm. I just don't put up with any BS anymore. Yeah. So. Completely yeah. life-changing stuff. Love it. Oh, you're such a treat. It's so good to talk about this. Yeah. Let know. them know. Let them know. It's so exciting because obviously uh, Steph is a big Bravo fan and as viewers of Bravo, there are some people who could definitely benefit from this kind of work. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into that, I want to ask you what I ask everyone who comes on this show. If you could be Bravo besties with anyone, anyone on the network, who would it be and what would you do on a day together? Oh my gosh. There are so many amazing people to choose from, but I really like Sonia. I'm a huge fan. I feel like she's the girl that you can go over in sweats and have a coffee and do nothing and laugh. And that's my type of thing because part of the joy in these shows are how different the lifestyle is for me. Like, you know, like I, I'm a baby grandma. Like I go to bed at 9 PM. (laughs) I have been sober for five years. So watching these women wild out, oh, be too intense. I do love Lisa Rinna. I have to say people have such a love hate relationship with her, but she's the girl who just puts her foot in her mouth. She never really knows what's going on. She tries well, she means well. I feel like she's just an interesting person, but some of my favorite, favorite characters were honestly from the very first season of the Housewives of OC. Like back when it was like Vicky, like the old, when the Housewives were about the vacations and the purses and the relationships, not just let's all go to dinner with people we don't like Mm -hmm. and get hammered and see what happens. Like it used to be more about the wealth and the lux. And so those are the the seasons I love the most. I am also a season one OC stan. Like Joe De La Rosa is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I was on like a huge campaign. I'm like, we need to bring her back. Remember her? Oh my God. And because that's what it used to be. Like, oh, I have this boyfriend named Slade. Like Slade Smiley. Like you can't eat, like, is that even (laughs) real? And she was the first one. And the show used to be like, look at all the cool things I can do. What bikini am I wearing? Like it was very indulgent. And then over the years, holy smokes, the drama ensued. Oh yeah. Now, would you say that that was what first like got you hooked on Bravo? Actually, you'll like this. The first show that got me hooked on Bravo was Millionaire Matchmaker. Yes. With Patty. Because back when I was single, desperate, and sad, I used to watch the show over and over and over and write notes and be like, well, Patty says that I can't put, you know, put it here, put it here. (laughs) I'm like taking notes. Oh, you can't have more than two drinks. Oh, so all this advice. And I'm like 20 years old and I'm like, like that's okay so I'm doing everything wrong okay but old Bravo when it was silly and fun and wasn't like an anxiety attack where you're like okay am I prepared 
to watch these women scream for an hour. Like, can I handle that? Sometimes I can't. So sometimes it's fabulous, but the old stuff is my favorite. It's so funny that you mentioned Patty Sanger and Millionaire Millionaire Matchmaker because I went to a bar over the weekend. I was like, I'm just going to go by myself. Like I'll Uber up the block and see what happens. And I just Googled like what to do when you're at a bar alone. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And an article from Patty Sanger came up in the whole like only have two drinks. Two drinks. (laughs) So funny. I had three, but it's okay. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, she, honestly, she's so great. It's, it's interesting though. Like, because I look at her and I'm like, you are not married yet. Like Mm -hmm. you have not been successful. So it's just interesting, but that's, that could be its own podcast episode in itself. No, for real. I always wonder about that too. Um, I want to take this next portion to kind of dive into some of the problematic or troublesome relationships that are on Bravo right now. Um, As everyone who's listening knows, because I feel like I bring this up every single week, but Erica Jane on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she is in some deep, deep legal trouble. um, And this stems from her marriage because she, what right now we know she didn't know that could change that her husband was allegedly embezzling uh, his client's settlement money to pay for her lifestyle and their lifestyle. Now they got divorced. And again, it's debatable. We don't know if that was a sham to cover up assets or if there really were problems because now on this season of the show, Erica kind of changed her tune about her marriage. Previously, it was like, we have a great marriage. It just works. And now it's like, he was cheating on me. He didn't want to talk to me. And it was just like, holy crap. So you being the relationship expert you are, I want you like to pick your brain on this relationship. Were things really getting bad? Do you think it's a sham? Tell me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I remember when Erica was first brought on cast, and the famous line of like, you show me your 20 year marriage and you let me know how that works. And yeah. she definitely in the beginning owned and worked the angle. And I don't know if it was how it was produced or the, the way that the story went, but you almost were kind of like, all right, like maybe this is the exception. Like maybe she isn't a sugar baby, like maybe. But as we've come to realize, she has proven to be very good at manipulation, Mm -hmm. deceit, being a con artist. And the thing with Erica Jane is that she runs the long game. Talk about a long con. That's commitment. Yeah. So it's tricky because there's a part of me that sees the sadness in in that decision. Because you think about it. She was a single parent. She wanted her edge. She wanted a door open. Come hell or high water, I'm going to be the best for my son. I think that's where this sort of started. So she gets a job as a cocktail waitress, Mm -hmm. does the thing. Whoever has worked in a bar before, we know know the game. It it is Mm -hmm. what it is. And I think she got her meal ticket. But the sad part about this sort of sugar baby lifestyle is that it is incredibly lonely. You can't possibly have anything in common Mm -hmm. with someone 32 years older than you. Like you're just, it's a different life. You've you've lived differently. So I remember seeing old scenes where 
she would like call him and be like, am I going to see you today? And he's like, I don't know, kid, maybe later. And she's (laughs) like, that's my husband. And so watching that, that to me is so tragic. That's awful. You get people that really want the house, the money, the, the status, especially when you have a child and you come from nothing, that's motivation. So the idea is like, okay, well, I'll make it work. I will comfort the reality of my decision by marrying a senior with clothes and luxury and I'll work my way in. And the hustler in me is like, I got to hand it to her. She, she did the damn thing, but over time, he's only getting older. She's only getting older and you start to see how their relationship just slowly they were roommates. They were barely there. And so when this whole scandal happened, and I know I'm jumping years here, I think she jumped ship. I think she's been a businesswoman. I think she's been a hustler. I think she's known since she was 18 years old, I'm going to make it. I'm going to get where I need to go. And just like the whole Kim Kanye questionable divorce timeline yeah it does look like she was trying to skirt as much issue and responsibility as possible um the problem with the show is that you see edited coerced you know the producer saying hey Kyle make sure that you look at Sonia and and have Lisa notice it and Lisa mention something So they set the scenes up and you pour a bunch of alcohol, a bunch of, I mean, other substances, uh, and a lot of women together who are not emotionally intelligent, it's going to be dramatic. So she now has to spend all this energy creating a story, sticking by it. I don't think we'll ever really know, but you can see the energy expenditure in the seasons because she just gets more intense she used to, I used to really like her I thought she was the fun one everyone says that she was my favorite everyone yeah. who I bring on and I'm like who's your favorite they're like well it was Erica but I can't really say that anymore yeah so. and I mean it it is sad to think about like not to be all morbid but like she's 50 now mm-hmm. 101 million dollars in debt owed to creditors um If you actually want to find out some stuff, you can Google some blind items, but she has not been as innocent. The rumors are she's starting shell companies. She's having an affair with her trainer. She's somehow paying a lawyer on retainer. Right. So what's the truth here? You know? Right. Now, those rumors aside, before you mentioned the whole like sugar baby, sugar daddy relationship, Looking at it from that lens, do you think there's a possibility she didn't know if it was a true, like, he makes the money and I just spend it type deal? Well, I think that, I don't think she was as aware as people are thinking she is. Because if Mm -hmm. you look at the history of their relationship, they barely were together. They didn't really talk. So do I think there is part of her that was blindsided? I do. Because I think if she actually knew what was going on, she would have jumped ship a while ago. Right. Because this to her was a transaction. Sure, there is love there, 
but I don't think she was in love with him. I think the the relief of the lifestyle presented affection in her. Ooh. But I don't think she was in love with him. Yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Like my eyes are opening even more. That's why we have you here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing too. You should let your listeners know. I study behavior yes. in, in my practice. So I'm, I'm watching to see, were they the couple? Like, for example, if Kyle and Mauricio had this type of scandal, I'd be like, she for sure knows. Right. She for sure knows because they're besties. They hang out all the time. They actually really like each other. They have four girls. You know they bang. You know they joke. You know they have dinner together at night. They're chatting. Yeah. But Erica lives a very lonely life. And I think what you're seeing is her defensiveness is really her humiliation. Mm -hmm. Because for the first time, her plan went askew. What she thought her, her end game was, was not. So she's scrambling and it comes across as defensive agitation, not necessarily hiding or lying. I have chills right now. I'm just like so blown away. I've said this to you before. I'm like, I need a pocket stuff. And like, I'm just letting everyone know I need a pocket stuff. Love so it. I'm sure going on a reality show when you've had a marriage like this and these legal issues that she might not have known about, but he did. Like, I'm sure that didn't help anything. Yeah. What do you think about people who sign up for these reality shows and it's like, okay, our marriage is great. And then they end up calling it quits like two seasons later. Oh my goodness. It's, you know what? It's so funny because I've thought about this often. A lot of people don't realize what it's like to have 15 cameras in your face, mm -hmm. 16 to 18 hour production shoots, the constant requirement for a story to be relevant. Because let's say for example, and I, and I speak because The Good Love Company was about to be picked up for a bunch of different television shows that never made it to air. TV is very fickle. Mm -hmm. So what they want is they want a storyline. So a perfect example of this is Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. Yeah. Where are my elder millennials? <laughs> um, they were, oh my God, we're so in love. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And they put that, their intimate world on TV. So if you think about from your home and then you have producers in your home you have lighting, you can't really do what you want to do. Now zoom out. Imagine you now leave your house and you have cars following you. Now zoom out even more. You leave your house to go to the store and you see a tabloid that talks about your impending ending marriage. So no matter where you go, you have no silence, no inner wisdom. There's no access to it because the media wants a punchy storyline and two normal, quote unquote, people um, are, are basically now circus characters and there's nowhere to go because yeah. the producers are at the house, the paparazzi is at the restaurant and everyone goes, well, they signed up for this. They get millions of dollars. And sure, there's a clear trade-off, but ultimately your marriage will erode if you have constant pressure, mm -hmm. no real 
afraid to say anything. Producers go, hey, that fight you guys had two weeks ago, talk about it again. Talk about it now on camera, go. They create dysfunction, it's chopped up. I've heard so many stories of really healthy people just succumbing to the pressure. It's yeah. too much and you start to lose yourself. And when you do that, eventually the relationship doesn't seem to have a point. So when you hear couples say irreconcilable differences or we grew apart, that's usually what happens is that it started out with you and me against the world and then became a manipulative media spectacle. Yeah. And it's crazy when you mentioned producers, I remember this was years ago, my ex and I were thinking about doing the amazing race for like 15 seconds. And we found an application and literally one of the questions is like, what is the biggest obstacle you've gone through as a couple? And it's like, you know, they're going to use that. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And like, it's kind of like, I've thought about um, different celebrities who have had like reality shows together and they it's usually cursed like they usually don't last it's not reality and it's very right. hard to come back to just the two of you when your day-to-day -day is no longer just the two of you like if that makes sense you know what I yeah. mean yeah what advice? So let's say you have a client who's like, this is it. This is going to be my big break. Like I'm going to be a real housewife, but like, I need your help through this. I need to maintain my strong relationship with the cameras around. What advice would you give to them? The first thing I would say is to make sure that you and the partner have had one of those super long talks where you basically have the most honest conversation. And what I mean by that is specific open-ended questions. You remember the open-ended questions yes. <laughs> where you say, so if a producer were to start a cheating rumor, how would you handle it? What do you think about that? Are you okay with that? How do you feel about that? Most people have so much communication trouble because they just don't think to ask. I don't know if I would necessarily be down to get hounded every time I left the house. I mean, maybe I'd love to be famous, but I wouldn't want my, I wouldn't want my, uh, my partner to be like, oh, someone said in Us Weekly that you were glancing at somebody at a table. You're inviting drama. So if you say to yourself, this is what we're doing. Let's play the game. How, like, what's our boundary? What's a, what's a no-go conversation? And are you willing to walk away if this starts to change one of us? Are you also willing to have one of us be changed? Yeah. Because people aren't in these situations. You bring two people into a whole new world that they've never been in before. You have no idea how they're going to handle it. So be prepared for that person to shift in front of your eyes and know your limits. I suppose that would be the best advice. Are there any current couples on Bravo? Now it doesn't just have to be the housewives. It could be any show that you feel really has done the work and they're going to make it through all this. Ooh, oh my gosh. Let me rock my brain. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I'm trying to think of like, okay, let's think of, of, oh, here's a perfect example. A couple who has done the work that I think if they keep their shit together, will make it would be James Kennedy and Raquel. Oh, they, I mean, honestly, I have to tell you as a alcohol-free woman, knowing, knowing the journey, 
I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he got his shit together. Remember when he was such a little bitch? With Lisa? Oh yeah. Yeah. And Yelling. by the way, I love, oh man, Lisa and Ken just a lot. Like they were just so like, what are you even doing? You should be grateful. And mm-hmm. he was such a brat. And then he had this gorgeous woman just stick by him. The exception, the exception. Everyone's like, if I stick by my man long enough and love him hard enough, he'll change. And it never happens. But the okay. 1%, man, she inspired something in him. He got well. He's been sober, I think, for almost three years now. They're engaged. I never saw that coming. That takes work. That takes commitment. Yeah, and she's also changed a little bit herself, too, because in this season's preview, we start to see him go back into his old ways and give her some shit, and she's like, no, and she, like, Mm -hmm. gets up and walks out. Yeah. And he he needs that because think about like, you know how him and Lala never dated, but they were like that kindred soul. Um, They're the perfect example of like the relationship that thank God nothing ever happened. And they're just pure soulmate kin. She's sober too now, which is incredible. Um, But I think with Raquel, I think that she presents as like that young Instagram pretty girl with maybe not too much to say, but I think she was raised right and doesn't take shit. And I think he needs that because that type of woman who's not going change, don't be like this. Why are you treating me like this? What did I do to you? And not to say that that doesn't happen in in a moment of emotion, but there, there is a type of woman who's also going to say, I'm not going to tolerate that. If you want to be in my life, like you need to step it up and I'm willing to walk away. And I think he was so used to getting everything he wanted all the time, everyone bending over backwards for him, that this was a shock to the system. And I think that she provides a safety to him that he's never really experienced because Lala was very like tough love, like brother, sister vibe. And I think that he doesn't respond to that. Most addicts don't respond to shaming because they know, they know they're pieces of shit when they're in addiction. And I think she stood by him and he, again, I could talk for hours about them. I was shocked. I used to, I used to, I couldn't stand the guy. I was like, why does everyone think he's so attractive? He's gross, but he was not well. And so it's good to see him healthy. Oh my God. I love that you brought them up. That's like, I would have never thought of it that way. That's awesome. Going on Lala's relationship for a second. She's also someone who's now, um, they're engaged. They haven't gotten married yet because of damn COVID, but she has a baby and she seems like she's a completely different person from what we saw her first season. So what do you think about that? I love her. And like, I, and again, like, I'm not trying to like, to the sobriety horn, but when you aren't constantly making decisions and acting a fool and waking up every day, like, what did I do? What did I say? You just become softer, more confident, more assured. That in turn becomes very attractive to quality men who want to actually have a life. And I think her and Randall are an interesting match, but I think they're one of those matches where you're like, really? But I like it. That was always my thought. I feel like he is in awe of her 
I think she gets him intellectually. I think they have really good conversation. I feel like they're that odd couple that just work. Yeah. And I love that their daughter's name is Ocean. Like, yes, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, and like, but think, think about it. Randall is not in the bar scene. He's not out till, I mean, he's working on sets late at night, but like, he's not into like, let's go to Sir and cause a scene. Mm-hmm. He's a businessman, he's mature. And I think he brings out the part in Lala that she maybe was self-conscious about. Cause when we, she first showed up on the scene, it was very, I'm the baddest bitch in town. Yes. If you don't like me, fuck you. And we all know, well, I shouldn't say we all know, you and I know <laughs> that that is um, an act of self-protection. Yes. Or fear of judgment and rejection. So when you meet somebody who sees you, you instantly soften. And the the trick is to go, can I allow myself to let this be okay? Can I allow myself to have a man come in, see me and hold me in that and take it day by day? And so that's what we've seen. I love, I I hope they work out. I really do. Have you read her book? I haven't. Okay, because it really, like, you explained everything that went down in her book. No way. <laughs> Literally, like, exactly what she wrote about how she was feeling. And there was one point where she went on a trip with him and his family, and she was flying back, and she was just crazy drunk on the plane. And he actually had a breakup note written for her. And the next day, she was so embarrassed, and she told him, like, I'm, I'm going to get sober. And then he was like, wow, um, you know, like, I was going to break up with you. And she yeah. has the note, but she hasn't read it yet. Oh my God. That's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm just, I go off of like how they interact. Damn Gina. <laughs> that is so insane. Who do you think? So now we discussed the strong relationships. What relationship on Bravo do you think maybe needs the most work? Oh my God. Oh, the, okay. Okay. Let's see here. Um, the real, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, there's so many. The first one that comes to mind is Tom and Katie Mm. disaster. She's a disaster. Um, He is all over the place. I have to tell you, I haven't seen the latest. So I don't know if I'm talking smack, but they were toxic as hell. Yeah. I hope like she was like, let's have a baby. And I'm like, don't you dare. Don't you dare (laughs) bring a child into that. Like they would they're they're the couple that were too afraid to break up and was like well we know deep down we're not happy so let's get married Mm -hmm. that's what that's what happened because she's the kind of girl that says well once I get a ring on my finger and once I walk down the aisle he will suddenly be different that that walk down the aisle will suddenly make him realize he acts like a 13 year old boy he acts like a child and she acts like his mommy that's their dynamic yeah so it to me is one of the worst I I hope they've figured it out I don't know maybe with all the cast growing up and having babies and maturing 
like Jackson Brittany being like a, a family and normal, like shock of the century. Yeah. Do you think now with Jax, they're obviously not coming back to the show this season, but I'm curious to know if you think he's just putting up a front or if you really think he's a changed man. I think, okay, so Jax, it's so funny. Like when we first saw Jax, he was like high on coke, drunk all the time, looking for a fight, really aggressive. And Brittany was that like Kentucky sweetie pie. Mm-hmm. that wasn't the Stassi. So right. when you look at the like douchey Jersey Shore type, I'm big, like you and I've talked about, yeah. they usually have a type, they usually have a preference. And that preference is based on, I know this personality of this chick. I know what line to use. I know what she'll fall for. I know how to bug her. Cause Stassi used to be so provoked. Jax would intentionally poke her, mm-hmm. get her riled up. And that was their dynamic. It was that like dramatic, sexual, childish thing. So when Brittany comes along and she's a sweetie pie, who's almost, not that she was naive to his games, but I think that she was just like, I don't do this. Like, I'm just a Southern girl. Like I'm not at the bar intentionally looking for you and like playing games. So I, I think that he was like, wow, she's not falling for it. Like she's different. And then once, um, I mean, and they had their struggles, like he, he definitely resisted a good thing. We talk about, you and I have talked about this a lot about how we consciously are not oftentimes push away the exact thing we want Mm -hmm. because it's so new and different. And God, if this blows up in my face, I can't handle it. So he pushed her away often. And then I think the death of his dad really brought out the part that was deep down in him because it was in there deep down that was like holy shit what are my values like what's actually important to me and I think guys like Jax if they if he didn't actually mean it he wouldn't do it guys like Jax are bachelors till they're 50 yeah like they're like Tom and Katie they're the couple where Tom's like well I guess I should marry her because it's been this long yes Jax is the type that would be the bachelor for forever so I think he got his priorities in check and Brittany sees again who he really is deep down there were a few moments where I was like girl leave him I did not want this relationship to work out I was like he's a douche (laughs) what are you doing you're so pretty you're so yes. kind. You're not like these bitchy chicks, but love is beautiful. And this is what we all want. We all want to have a moment. And I, I feel like, and if their biography comes out later, let me know. I feel like the moment his dad died, he had a moment where he like looked at her where she was there for him. And he was like, this is my family now. Yeah. So let's just do it. Alluded to that on one of the reunions, but obviously it's Jax. He's not going to have that deep, profound way of saying it that you have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I feel like that show has had the biggest amount of relationship transformations. Another one we've seen is Sheena, who- Oh my God. She was in an affair with Brandy Glanville's husband. And then she 
married Shay. They got divorced and then it was just like failed relationship. And now she's engaged and also has a baby. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do I think that her and this guy will last? I don't think so. My intuition says that it won't be a forever thing. Yeah. I could, I mean, and that's, we'll, we'll check years later and see, but Sheena's the type that all she wants is a husband. Mm -hmm. And I think that her marrying Shay, I think she knew when she married Shay, it was a mistake. I think she knew she probably said that too in a reunion, but you don't marry an addict with major depressive issues and then think that just by marrying them, they're going to be different. Mm-hmm. I think she wanted the fairy tale. I mean, what is her clothing line called? Like boy crazy. Oh or, yeah. Like she, yeah. she is, she's boy crazy. And I think she is very into the fantasy. Um, I liked when she was pregnant on the show because she was way more real. She mm-hmm. was like, this is what I look like. I don't have any Botox. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if there's enough foundation for her to be with him forever. Like, who is he? She was with one guy and another guy and another guy. And, oh, everyone's having babies. I want to have a baby too. I want to have how Sheena is the idea of let's be pregnant together. Yeah. Let's get pregnant together, guys. So I don't know. She needs to really understand a little bit more about the not so sexy side of relationships. I think she gets very clouded with the illusion and fantasy, but um, do I see her and Brock on a porch with grandkids in 50 years? Probably not. We'll see though. Predictions. We'll see. We will. Let's come back to this. (laughs) We definitely will have to. And we know that Lala, like from the trailer, Lala actually calls Brock out and is like, she hasn't spoken to any of his other kids and whatever. So there might be some mess on his end yeah, too. I just get, I just don't get, I feel like she has a bad picker. Yeah. I feel like she just has poor taste and makes silly choices. Yeah. Um, I think back to what you said earlier in the show, when you said it's like that, I can change him. I can change him. Like I kind of get those vibes too. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because look at the parallels between couples who did together change. So for example, like Raquel and James, Raquel for sure did not spend her nights going, you're, I'm going to make him change. My love will save him. He will change for me. I think she thought it would really suck if I wasn't enough for him to choose me over alcohol and it would break my Whereas I think Sheena would be a little bit more um, emotionally immature. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Another show I know you watch and has a lot of interesting relationship dynamics is Summer House, and it seems like the the strongest couple on that show is Kyle and Amanda. Ah. Which is so weird because they started out a mess and they still have their moments. They're gonna get married, I think, next week. Um, give me your predictions about their relationship. Oh my god, it's funny because, and again, like please let your wonderful viewers know I haven't seen the latest season. I'm not caught up, but I remember Kyle and Amanda and he was like, she's just, she's just coming down for the weekend. 
-hmm. we're just hanging out. And this is an example of what happens when, you know, I thought we were just going to be a hookup, but we actually connect. I think they have longevity. I think that she is someone who is good for him. I think he's someone that's good for her. I think that they um, definitely represent what it's like to have a real relationship. Like you can be with your soulmate and still have arguments and still have moments where you're like, I hate you right now. Like get out of my face. Like you're awful. You can still have that. It's how they come back to it. And Kyle and Amanda from all the seasons I've watched, they always were good at having it be about the two of them. They were a unit usually together. Yeah. And I think that's really, really good. Like for, for a quick um, example reference, I remember doing some research on stats on long-term relationship. And one of the things said was you can tell at a wedding reception, the likelihood of divorce. And one of the key indicators was that the bride or groom spent more time with the bridal party or the groomsmen than each other. It was the number one indicator of future divorce. Instead of the wedding night being with the couple together, the girls just with her girls all night and the guys just with the guys all night. Number one predictor of of impending divorce because the wedding isn't about the connection, it's a party. They don't want it. Yeah, yeah, massive. Gonna like go to every wedding I'm inviting. Watch, to you'll watch it now. Oh, and the number the number two, just while we're at it, the number two is um the couple who smashes the cake on the face. Yeah. When the other person either didn't want to, wasn't planned. It's an underlying um power thing and aggression sign. So next weddings you go to, watch at the reception. Oh, I have a couple coming up. Yeah. If Jordan oh threw cake on my face at our wedding reception, I would be furious. And he knows that. So if he were to do that to me, I would be like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So always watch yeah. him. Holy shit. Um, back to Summer House for two seconds, because I know you said you weren't caught up. Do you know about what Carl went through? The last I saw about Carl is, and I thought he was such a cutie pie. The last I saw was that he was kind of messing around with one of the twins who is like, I don't know if he doesn't like me or not. And he's like, I don't like you. You're going to be so proud of him. Is he in a relationship? No, but he's done the inner work because, well, sadly, his brother died of, um, I think it was an overdose. Like there were some addiction issues. So he got sober. Um, and he's really like, you see him on this year of the show or the season of the show. It was like, all right, I'm not going to get into that. Like everyone else is partying around me. Like, how can I maintain my own and not get into that mindset? So he's done a lot of work. And like, I used to hate Carl. I was like, this guy is such a douche. And I'm like, this is so attractive. Like, damn. Yeah. He's, he's a cutie pie. Like when I watched summer house, it was. Okay, who was the wacky one? That Lindsay chick? Yeah, she's still crazy. Wacko, wacky, wacky, wacky. Lindsay, if you're listening, call me. I'm very good at what I do. I'm very good at this job. Let's talk. Whew, like there's a a better way. 
we don't get hammered and talk sexy and try and be this persona. Like it's so unattractive. And the hardest part about watching Summer House is watching them literally get so drunk. That was part of the reason why I, I stopped watching it. It was very hard to watch mm-hmm. um, and just lose their mind. And they would make foolish choices and go, why isn't it working out for me? Why is my love life in shambles? And it's like, you throw yourself at men. You have, you come across as a woman who doesn't respect herself. And she's mm-hmm. so bright and funny and pretty. And I just want to be like, who told you when you were younger that you weren't good enough or you right. were a loser? Or what's the thing that someone said to you when you were younger that makes you think you have to overdo it and and prove it and be so brazen Mm -hmm. because quality men go she's insecure that one's got issues and it's hard it's hard to hear and I can say this because this is what I I did that for 10 years let me just try and be like one of the guys let me Mm -hmm. show him I can hang too and guess what that turns you into a a fuck buddy that they will never want to take seriously Yeah, this past season, she was in a relationship and it was just horrible. Like I remember at one point he had done something for her birthday, but it was the pandemic. So he like got takeout and she like yelled at him and then they broke up. And then literally like two weeks later, he came back and she was like, well, I don't know if I want to take him back, but I'm going to. And then it was literally like, we're going to try and have kids. And I was like, wait, what? Like, oh my God. Yeah, they're broken up for good now, but. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's really hard sometimes when you're in it and like, we're, we've all had different mess journeys. Yeah. We've like, I was the mess queen. We've all been, that's how you learn. Most of us have been messes before. There's no shame in that, but you get to a certain point in your life where, and again, this is just my hypothesis, but all your friends are getting married. Everyone's settling down it's kind of not cool to be 37 and hammered every day. Like mm-hmm. that runs out at one point and you know, then what? So women get very nervous. They get very freaked out and then they drink to calm their anxiety and they, you know, maybe take some Adderall and maybe not eat properly and take that and throw it into a social situation where you have this immense pressure to be picked and chosen and liked and that is Summer House <laughs> in a yeah. nutshell, right? It's Literally, hard, hard that's pretty much all of Bravo in a nutshell. God, it's fascinating. It's one of the most interesting, beautiful networks. Thank you to Bravo. Bravo, if you're <laughs> listening, thank you. Quality every time. Literally, I think that puts a bow on our conversation very, very nicely. But before we wrap this up, I do want to ask you to tell everyone where they can find you, how they can work with you and all that good stuff. Yes, definitely. So you can find me on Instagram at goodloveco, the old fashioned website, goodloveco.com. I'd love to connect if you love this episode. I'm pretty searchable. Just do a little Google. And of course, the So Good podcast that streams everywhere you download your broadcast. Yay! Well, Yay. Stephanie, I wish I could <laughs> hug you from I know. my computer. 
thank you so much for joining me. This was seriously like, I feel like whenever I talk to you, like I feel just refreshed and like I've learned something or relearned something for you. Oh my goodness. You're such a gem. Anytime. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you slap that subscribe button like a cute little tush, write a nice review, rate five stars. And as always, follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Diana Jebbia, G-E-B-B-I-A, and Believe Podcast at B-L-E-A-V Podcast and Believe Pop Culture. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.